Bailey. Imagine you're out on a lake one peaceful afternoon. I know this is unusual for you, but stick with me. But you're there. You're in a boat, relaxing, while Andrew is doing something characteristically dorky. The calm, steady waves on the lake start to get a little more choppy, seemingly out of nowhere, and you smell something rotten. Please suspend all fart jokes. You're confused and starting to feel sick when you suddenly spot a huge wave coming your way. Between the violent water and choking toxic air around you, what are you supposed to do when you're caught in the middle of one of nature's most bizarre and deadly disasters? Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Welcome back to Calamity Janes, where two anything but plain Janes talk about mayhem, calamity, disaster, you name it. Well, not you name it. Mostly those things. Those three things that I just named are what we talk about here. And I am Bailey. I'm Madison. And we're your hosts. Madison, what disaster are we talking about today? We are talking about the Lake Nios disaster. <gasps> Okay. Do you know this one? Maybe I a tiny... might have a vague idea. That's okay. All right. I guarantee you don't know as much as I'm about to tell you about it. Lay it on me. Ooh, I'm so excited. I'm excited about this one, too. Well, excited as one can be when talking about tragedy. But yes. this is a really fascinating phenomenon that I think you and all of our best friends will be interested in, too. So as let's always. dive in. Lake puns. Lake yeah. puns. Okay. You get lake puns and I don't get fart puns? Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Let's go. On August 21st, 1986, Lake Nios in northwestern Cameroon exploded. That was a hard concept for me to wrap my head around, so stick with me if you're also struggling to imagine this because we'll get to the mechanics in a minute. 300,000... Okay. Also, this is a figure that I've seen a lot of variation in, but I just went with kind of what seemed to be in the middle. 300,000 tons of carbon dioxide that had been trapped at the bottom of the lake was suddenly released. The gas cloud rose out of the lake into the air at 62 miles per hour, and then, since carbon dioxide is heavier than the air we breathe, it descended back down to the earth where it fanned out amongst the nearby villages. So how was it trapped down there? Why was it just chilling there at the bottom of the lake? Um, I'm going... To get to that, okay, so I resolved to be better about taking your questions out of order because that's one of the first things that they teach you <laughs> when you are, like, training for litigation in law school. So they're like, oh, you're going to say teaching children. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> they always say when you get up and you're doing an oral argument in front of a judge, they're going to ask you whatever they want to ask you whenever they want to ask you it, and you absolutely cannot ever say, say no, no, let no. me get back to you on that <laughs> and i do it to you all the time and it makes me well i'm officially this, an attorney now so i have to be better right. about some of these things this isn't a courtroom setting but speaking of courtroom settings why didn't we mention this at the top of the episode so oh. we've mentioned that madison took the bar passed it with flying colors and this week mere hours days a day ago <laughs> has been officially <clears throat> what do you call it Sworn in, in, knighted. Yes, yes. I am a knight of the Nebraska bar. <laughs> yes, Madison is a knight of the Nebraska bar. Um, if you could see her right now on our video podcast, she is in full-on medieval knight here. 
I got one of those really short, like up to my ears, blunt cuts too. Yes, so, like, page, page boy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. Anywho, I will try to be better about being flexible with answering your questions, but that is a really big question. It's a good one and it's an important one and one I will address very clearly, but I have to get a little bit more background down. Understood. Understood. Thank you for acknowledging that that's a valid question because sometimes you're like, why would you ask me that? And I'm like, um, I'm only asking what the people want to know. No, you're so right. I just every single time it happens, I have this tiny flashback to <laughs> law school when we in one of my they call it it's lawyering one like lawyering 101 is what they call it. This was the second version of that. So it was like lawyering too. Anyways, we got to watch an, an actual attorney argue a case in front of the Court of Appeals. And he we baby law students had a very basic idea of what is supposed to happen. And this guy got up there and started doing his oral argument. And one of the judges said, excuse me, I'd really like to talk about your third point. And he said, I'll get to that later. And I think all of us, all of us baby law students went, ooh, (laughs) and I've remembered it ever since. So I just want to put that out there that I will. What did the judge say? Didn't like it. Okay. Did not like it. Okay, and so that's, I think it's a true negatory. Like you don't you don't say you that. You do not. No. I, in fact, I think he might have said, "No, we're going to talk about it now." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, sorry that was a tangent, but I will try to be better about that. There is literally no pressure from okay. me or anyone else. <laughs> Answer it at your leisure. Okay. Um, uh, all right. Carbon dioxide is heavier. It came back to Earth where it fanned out through the villages that were next to the lake. It displaced all the air in the villages and suffocated people and livestock within 16 miles of the lake. A 330-foot column of water and foam quickly formed at the lake surface following the release of gas and spawned an 82-foot tall wave that swept across one side of the shore. That was, I didn't know... The like, okay, <clears throat> was uh, okay. The quick release of gas caused the lake level to drop about a meter and knock down surrounding trees. In a matter of moments, Lake Nios had turned into a bomb. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like it. Complete with a foamy tidal wave. Yeah, I when I had you had put this in our outline when we were thinking of starting the podcast, and I never heard of it. So I looked into it like a year ago, and I could not wrap my mind around this and for until i started researching it for this week i really thought that when it exploded it was more of like a when lakes turn over which in other places and we'll get to that later happens a lot more frequently and it's just like a slow release of gas and so i was really i didn't know that it like actually exploded you mean like like a convection of water cycling through it kind of like yeah magma yeah under the earth's surface yes yeah and we'll we'll get to why this lake is so dangerous and why this happened but yes the difference between this fence move i know i know but we just we got to lay down the foundation we're getting there okay the lake's normally blue waters turned a rusty red color due to the iron rich water from the bottom of the lake rising to the surface and being oxidized by the air okay Survivors recounted hearing a deep rumble and seeing a white mist rising from the lake and slowly creeping through the villages. Survivors? Yes, there are very few, but they're there. Yeah, okay. 
The explosion happened at night, so many were already in their beds, but others collapsed where they stood, suffocating from the lack of air almost instantly. So the height, like there was enough of this gas release that as it was mm-hmm. whooshing out, it yeah. was as high as a as tall as a person. Yes. A wall of gas. Yeah. I I saw like I mentioned briefly earlier, I saw different figures for the amount of CO2 that actually came out of the lake. But and I didn't have this down later, but this might help put it into a little bit more perspective. Someone said it was one cubic kilometer of CO2 that was released. Okay. Well, clearly they weren't from the U.S. because we don't talk <laughs> about kilometers. Sorry. But that's, that's got to tell you at least something, right? It does. Real big. Bigger it's than I can huge. fathom. Yeah. It's larger than I can fathom. Yeah. I'm not sure how precise that is, but I did see that somewhere and that helped me understand it a little bit more. As it does me. Thank you for clarifying. Of course. There was an eerie quiet once the survivors realized there were no birds, no bugs, no animals that has, had survived the explosion. We're keeping it in. Madison. Thank this you. is Madison's third time saying the sentence, and I'm not cutting it this time. You're just no, going through it. No, I can't do it again. We got Okay. We're, we're moving good. on. There was nary a peep from anyone. And how eerie. Horrible. Gary. I wouldn't. Terrifying. Because I guess I wouldn't think not even bugs. For whatever yeah. reason in my mind, oh, bugs, immune birds the high enough like yeah well and some survivors did pass out or lose consciousness and then woke up feeling horrible like mm-hmm. sick and awful and then when they stood up and started to walk around and found that everyone else was dead they said there were no flies on any of the bodies 3500 livestock and 1746 people lost their lives oh my god that's oh. Unbelievable. So how is this lake situated around – it must have been around a relatively dense, like, location? Yeah. There were – I would say the villages surrounding the lake were pretty densely populated at the time. Gotcha. Well, and I suppose in general you put, like – Civilization around water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So naturally there's livestock, but there's also – yeah, people go along with that. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. So, what the heck actually happened? This is called a limbic eruption, and it is incredibly rare. Okay, that's good (laughs) to know. That's comforting. Limbic eruptions, also known as lake overturns, happen when dissolved carbon dioxide erupts suddenly from deep lake waters, forming a large, dense gas cloud. These eruptions... Yes. These eruptions can also cause tsunamis when the gases displace water. There are a few possible causes, including earthquakes, landslides, and volcanic activity. And those things dissolve? No, those things disrupt. Oh, I see. I see. I see. They disrupt the the trapped gas. I see. Yes. Okay. But let's talk about that saturated, the saturated CO2. Please do. Waters in a limnically active lake must be saturated with gas, primarily CO2, but there can be others. The CO2 may come from volcanic gas emitted from under the lake or from decomposition of organic materials. So if you think about a normal lake in the U.S., a lake, any of the lakes that we would go to, this isn't so much of an issue. But we, you know, throughout our seasons, leaves, branches, wildlife are... Falling into water, decomposing. So 
that's decomposition of organic materials. That's going to put CO2 into your water. Mm-hmm. And those things settle on a lake bed. Now here in or in places that have more regular seasons, more gradual temperature changes will cause a lake to overturn more frequently and more gradually. So we don't get these big eruptions. But in places like Africa that don't have temperature changes like that, mm-hmm. we are not getting the frequent overturn that you need to prevent something like this from happening. I mentioned volcanic gases because CO2 is a natural uh, result of like the formation of rocks and things that happen in the Earth's crust. So those things, if a lake sits on top of like a vent or mm-hmm. volcanic activity, stuff like that, that's another way that CO2 can end up at the bottom of a lake, saturated like that. Do you follow? Kind of? I am. I am okay. tracking, yes. Um, but you bring up volcano. Is there a volcano that we're talking about? There, There is a dormant volcano underneath this lake. But really? there is, yes. And we'll get to that. Yes, there is. There... People, after this happened, people were, well, one, very confused, and two, obviously trying to figure out what happened so it wouldn't happen again. Mm -hmm. And in my impact section, we'll go into more of how they were ruling things out and what they were looking at. But yes, this does sit on top of a dormant volcano. Wow. That's, what a way to find that out. Did they know that ahead of time or did they know that before? They did. I'm pretty sure they, the people who lived there and other researchers knew. Okay. Yeah. I I guess there's ways to know. It just depends on how dormant it is, right? But you got to figure. I think it was like long dormant. Long dormant. Gotcha. Yeah. So there aren't like other tremors or any other of the like symptoms of a more active that's a really good point to bring up. So people were thinking an earthquake could obviously cause water in a lake to be displaced or disturbed enough to release this massive like chamber of gas out of this lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people were thinking, okay, maybe an earthquake, but the survivors didn't mention tremors beforehand and there was no other evidence that an earthquake had happened, but it would be pretty hard to tell because uh the huge wave that resulted from this and the gas knocked down trees and a lot of other things. Yes. Yeah. So wait, back it up. I didn't realize the gas, obviously it came out of the lake with force because it's meeting the water and it creates the wave. I did not anticipate that in the air it would have force. I knocking things down. My understanding of what I was reading that was the case. Wow. I It was hard for me to understand when they were talking about the physical damage done to the trees near the lake, whether it was the water, water primarily yeah. or pressure. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm leaking like a sieve. I'm sorry, everyone. We're all sick in this household. <laughs> Between <I'm>... allergy season, <laughs> got a cold running around over there. Oh, it's it's brutal. Um, so the Wikipedia page for limnic eruptions has a really helpful analogy for this, uh, for what exactly happened. So I'm going to quote that here. Alrighty. Open your ears. Before a lake is saturated, it behaves like an unopened carbonated beverage. The CO2 is dissolved in the water. In both the lake and the soft drink, CO2 dissolves much more readily at higher pressure. This is why bubbles in a can of soda form only after the can is opened, when the pressure is released. The CO2 comes out of the solution. 
interesting and also not sure why I thought all those little bubbles were just living in that can of soda before you opened it. I didn't think about it at all. (laughs) Didn't make sense. Doesn't make sense (laughs) as it flies out of my mouth right now. But for whatever reason, I was like, all the little bubbles are just smushed together. (laughs) BFFs that's in there and like, whoa, BFFs in there. (laughs) No, that's exactly what I thought was happening too. Okay. Uh, There. So the quote goes on to say, in the case of lakes, the bottom is at a much higher pressure The deeper it is, the higher the pressure is at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Therefore, huge amounts of CO2 can be dissolved in large, deep lakes. CO2 also dissolves more readily in cooler water, such as that found at a lake bottom. Mm. A small rise in water temperature can lead to the release of a large amount of CO2. Interesting. Okay. So to that point where it says a small rise in water temperature, if there had been volcanic activity at the bottom of the lake heating that water. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. Okay. Is that also why hot soda is so nasty and frothy? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So with that, you still need a trigger to set off an eruption. Mm -hmm. For this particular eruption, there have been a few few suspects, (laughs) like we mentioned. Yes. I'm so tired. I'm so sick. Your mouth is catching up. Your mouth is catching Uh, up to your brain. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, a few suspects for this particular eruption, including landslides, a volcanic eruption beneath the surface of the lake, or an earthquake. It seems here that landslides were the chief suspect, but I don't believe one cause was ever really nailed down. Mm. I think they mostly ruled out some other things. Gotcha. Well, and would they do they suspect it would be like an under lake, underwater landslide? Or is this good question? But up against, I well, it looks like there is some elevated topography around Around the the lake, lake, yeah, but not from like the one or two pictures that I was able to see. Yeah, it it wasn't like oh that huge cliff is obviously yeah yeah like it could could be the culprit. Yes, exactly. Regardless of the underlying cause, the trigger pushes the gas saturated water higher in the lake where the pressure is insufficient to keep CO2 in solution. When CO2 bubbles start to form, the water is lifted even higher in the lake column where even more CO2 is released. Uh, This forms a column of gas that ultimately uses suction to pull water at the bottom of the column up, which also loses more CO2. Oh, these are, okay, these are complicated mechanics. Yes. I thought you were going to be done with being like, oh, and then it just plurp, plops right up or something. No, there's well, hydrodynamics and water that, and such. It does but yes. Okay. Yeah. So this quickly turns into a self-feeding chain that results in, in this case, a massive release of CO2 into the air, displacing enough water to form a tsunami. Oh, boy. Thankfully... These eruptions are very rare because most lakes are holomictic. <laughs> most lakes are holomictic. Okay. Um, meaning their layers mix regularly, so there isn't a chance for CO2 to build up, which is kind of what I was saying earlier. Lakes Why are those science-y words so long and hard to say? That's not... Yeah, I, hopefully I said that one correctly. It sounded right to I, me. I think I... Part of my degree is in water science, and I knew this stuff at one point, but it's been a while. I pushed all of that knowledge out of my brain to make room for hearsay. So, All of you hydrologists, please direct your angry emails to Madison. Yes, Thank you. it's deserved. Okay. <clears throat> 
you also would need to have a CO2 source such as volcanic activity beneath the lake in a very deep lake with enough pressure to dissolve a huge amount of CO2. This is a little repetitive, but this is the formula that you're looking for. Okay. You need a CO2 source and you need a trigger. Gotcha. And that you kind sounds, of, when you simplify it like that, makes total sense. Yes. Okay. And uh, because every lake will have a CO2 source, but you need a massive CO2 source and you need no frequent turnover. Okay. Because, yeah. see, when you were all like, oh, it's super rare, but now here you are telling me every lake has a CO2 source. Okay. I need Tiny. some sort of relief that uh, this will yeah, not happen. There is a pond very close to my house, and I really <laughs> – uh, turns out they don't sell, um, like, gassy lake insurance. No. They sure don't. Well, you also need a really big, really deep lake, too. Okay. That's deep enough so the water pressure at the bottom of the lake. And it's cold enough. This. Yeah. Could, like, the Great Lakes have? That's a really good question. I was just thinking that. I I think, again, because of the climate around mm-hmm. the Great Lakes, you wouldn't need to worry about it. But I would Im- imagine that that would be – maybe those yeah. Truthfully, I don't know. I This is, feels like a good time to shout out. And I think I've mentioned – I know, in fact, I know I've mentioned her account here before. Um, I cannot remember her a TikTok account, but there's a hydrologist on TikTok. Oh, yes. She's wonderful. Yes. And I found – because I send you all of her TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> um, she I found her because in October she did haunted hydrology and just like spooky facts about lakes. Um Oh, I, I will link to her in the show notes because fascinating <clears throat> account, just truly wonderful. Lakes are fascinating. The Great Lakes are fascinating. That's all mm-hmm. I had to say. I could go on and on about this TikTok account. She's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So unless you're traveling to this specific region in Africa, this does not need to be at the top of your fear list. Okay. That was heavy in a lot of ways. Are you ready for the really cool part? Um, wait, hold on. Do I have questions? Um, are you going to tell me how people survived this? I, I'm not, but they have no idea. Some people just got, well, I would say really lucky, but I think a lot of them did not feel that lucky after they buried their families. Right. Because I, when you're telling me that people who were like standing upright were not, you know, the cloud was... They were not immune to the cloud. Like, it was mm-hmm. that, that height. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking, how in the world, if, unless they were, like, on a second story or, a, you know. Those are really good questions. <clears throat> I don't know. The uh, Wikipedia page has a quote from a survivor who he – it sounds like he and his daughter um, – I'm not – I think she was pretty young. They were in their home in one of the villages closest to the lake, mm-hmm. and they heard the rumble. They saw the mist. He started to feel sick. He kind of passed out. He woke up. He was in pain, and he was crawling to his daughter, who was still in her bed, mm. and she had passed by that point. Yeah. But then he says he crawled into bed with her, and he was oh. holding her, and then he slept. He was passed out. He was right. some carbon From, dioxide yeah. for, like, a day and a half before someone came to get him. Wow. And so the survi- the people who survived were not just walking around amidst Wondering all of this why. right away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was a while before uh before they were up and people were problem solving and figuring out exactly what happened. Mm. Wow. Okay. 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 So here's the good part. The thing we love. 
the what are we going to do to prevent this or exactly scientists actually started working on ways to prevent limnic eruptions before lake nios even happened and they've made huge strides that will undoubtedly save many lives to two prevent years... them wow okay yeah isn't that amazing yeah okay so two years before the disaster two years before this disaster lake manown did the same thing which is very very close oh 60 miles away from lake nios okay it did the same thing but on a much smaller scale I think there are 36 people lost their lives. Uh, but after that happened, volcanologist Haralder Sigurdsson traveled to Cameroon to investigate Lake Manown and found no signs of a volcanic eruption and no indication of an increase in temperature in the water, disturbance of the lake bed, or sulfur compounds. Hmm. But one day... Oh, because also... So remember the rotting smell that I mentioned at the yes. very beginning? Yes. Okay. So CO2 is a, an odorless gas. Uh, we know that's carbon monoxide. Carbon dioxide is odorless too, right? Um, no, is it? I always thought that, um, there's this thing that they use in skincare that estheticians use and it's like a light beam in a glass tube and it's odorless. Oh, it is? I just looked it up. Well, that, thank you. Cause I would have got this big long story. (laughs) That's ozone. I'm thinking of ozone. Ozone. Yes. Yeah. When they use this tool on your skin, it zaps your skin, and like the thing that it does to the air creates ozone, and ozone has a very distinct smell. Interesting. Yes. Huh. What does it smell like? Um, it's, I've never smelled anything like it before. Kind like of fresh. warming? Kind of, yes. Yeah. Like global <laughs> warming. Fresh, but deadly. Okay. Well, so carbon dioxide is, now we know, an odorless gas, not going to smell uh rotten sulfur will so uh when people talk about this rotten smell though apparently a side effect of carbon dioxide poisoning or you know being under Mm -hmm. the effects of a substantial amount of carbon dioxide is uh like imagining a really rotten gross smell or experiencing that smell oh but it's not the smell of the gas it's just how your brain Yes. Interprets the sensation. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. So sulfur can be involved in these eruptions, but not this one. Okay. Or at least it was not of it was not a primary gas that they were. Uh, That's fascinating. Finding. I had yeah. no idea. I know, right? Yeah. So he went to Lake Manown, didn't find an uh, increase in temperature, mm-hmm. disturbance of the lake bed, or sulfur com- compounds. But one day, after filling a water sample bottle, the lid popped off. The water was saturated with carbon dioxide, and that was his first clue that carbon dioxide was the problem. He compiled wait, wait, wait. His- So yes. he, <clears throat> put, he screwed the top on, and this is like fizzy water? You're telling me this is like carbonated lake water? Or no? I think once he put the cap on and the pressure increased eventually yes. in the bottle, probably because of temperature change or something. Yeah. When the lid popped off, there was so much CO2 in wow. the water. Wow. Okay. Yes. And I, this was at the lake that had just exploded, the okay. smaller one. So I imagine the carbon dioxide might have been more dispersed through yeah. the water column, mm-hmm. which is why his sample. But I also don't know how deep he was getting a sample from. <coughs> Sorry. Thank you. He compiled his findings and submitted his study to the magazine Science, who rejected the paper as far-fetched. What? A, a few months later, Lake Nyos happened. 
Oh, I did not realize this was pre-Lake Nyos. Yes. That happened two years before, and then he immediately went and started to study. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. After that, everyone flocked to to the disaster site. We're making it through it. You're doing it. You're doing it. After that, everyone flocked to the disaster site, desperate for answers about what happened on that mysterious night. After much discussion, researchers began workshopping ways to prevent this from ever happening again. What they settled on was a pipe that ran from the lake's deepest water layer to the surface that would gradually release the gas to an avoid to avoid an explosive buildup. Oh my goodness. So <clears throat> how does that like how does that not just drain the lake? Well, it's a pipe into the bottom of the lake. Oh, I going see. Up. Like I see. Why I lake. thought someone was going to come in the side and use the pipe like a straw <laughs> through the side of a I don't uh, That's fun. It, yeah. Highly impractical. <laughs> Please don't call me when you're doing your, you know, city planning. <laughs> you <laughs> look very bizarre. It's a great idea. It might help at some point. Sure. <clears throat> so uh, they started with one pipe. There were budgetary setbacks, but in January of 2001, the pipe began to successfully vent CO2 from the lower layer of the lake. More pipes were installed in 2011, and by 2019, researchers deemed the de- the degassing steady, sustainable, and successful. But now we have a bunch of CO2 going into the atmosphere. <laughs> okay, nice. it vents very gradually. Okay, that's good. Yes. Plant some trees um, around there or something? Uh, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, don't worry. Um, so anyways... That was the Lake Nyos disaster. They're not so concerned about it happening again. But what a, I mean, apocalyptic it must have felt like. Oh, you know, yeah. To, wow. Wow. Moo, excellent coverage of this disaster. It was in, just fascinating to learn about. Thank you so much for sharing it with us, especially because I remember it being in our shared sheet of disasters. Yes. And I read just the high level details. Yeah. But I wanted to this was over a year ago that we had we started that sheet. I know. And you're finally yeah. yeah. Finally getting there. Finally getting uh, there. Yeah. It it was fascinating. There is I forget the name of it. There is another much, much, much larger lake. Uh, larger than Lake Nyos, close by, that they are very concerned might do the exact same thing uh, on a much bigger scale. But the I didn't include too much of it here. I, be, I'm sorry. Because, Whoa. Because, you just because, said this. We don't because, have to worry about this. It's never going to happen again. What is this? I did not include it here because there was, so there was a study done that said this other lake is a huge like bomb waiting to happen. And then a lot of people started poking holes in the study, started saying maybe it's not quite as distressing as we're making it out to be right okay. now. Okay. Maybe a little fear-mongering. So okay. So I didn't include it because I don't have good answers for you. Okay. We don't want to fear-monger on this podcast. We want to no. deal solely in fact or fact-adjacent exactly. things. <laughs> <laughs> Only a, a small a modicum of speculation. Yes. Um well, thank you for not scaring us because you're welcome. That. Let's uh, give it up for Lake Dias. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and good to know that scientists are on top of it and preventing that from happening because, man, so how tragic. Cool. 
Yeah. It just absolutely devastating. So it's a, what an inventive and wonderful solution they've come up with. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Moo, thank you for sharing that with us this week. I take a bow. I take a bow. Let us know what you think. Dear listeners. Sorry, I am still in a Bridgerton mood. Dear listeners. That's, that's okay. I've done nothing but leak and sniff into the microphone okay. this whole time. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure where you were Wait, taking this from God. Bridgerton. I just oh, good to know. Um, I'm so gross. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm so congested through you this. You are fine. You are doing just fine. Moo happens to everyone. You it know, does. mucus it happens. happens to everyone. Oh, kids are so gross. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But they're so precious. They're so they precious. Are. They're so cute. Uh yeah, this was great. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your wonderful, inquisitive questions. Uh, oh, me. You're talking to me. I, I thought you were talking to our dear listeners. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they didn't ask questions. You're yes. so welcome. Thank you for answering my questions. Uh, you're welcome. And I appreciate that Lady Whistledown moment you just had. Um, thank you. It got a little Southern, um, but I'll be honest, this is not, I'm not auditioning for a job right now. This is, you know. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's it from us this week, folks. As always, please subscribe. Tell your friends, your family, your pets, your doggy daycare associates uh, about us, please. Yeah. So they can, they too Absolutely. can be best friends. And let us know which disasters you would like us to cover in, in future weeks by emailing us. Email is always in the description. Nope. The show notes is what they're called. Yes. Or description because we're on YouTube yeah. now. Woo! Yes, we have not heard from nary a soul in quite a while. So, uh, please email us. We need more disaster material. Madison want... thrives on on listener emails. I, they are the highlight of my life. They I, are. I, as, I as do I. As do I also do. But Madison, like, wow, 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 wow. I treasure them truly. She does. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Moo. Of course. And we will see you, and you'll hear us next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.